That's telling me the boy, the pilot, is going starboard. So he's in avoidance mode. He sees it too, and he's tipping the plane to go away from it. All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Hello, all you unexplained ones out there. It's CJ Derringer here with my co-host, Tim Mounts. And we are very fortunate to have some special guests on the show today who have just a plethora of exciting, unexplained things to share with us. We have Cheryl and Orville Murphy from Board Camp Crystal Mine. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hi. We are doing great, and we're so happy to have you, and we can't wait to learn a little bit more about your business and what you guys do, Um, but that is not what originally connected us. So last week, Tim and I did a podcast about the American Airlines flight that the pilot on February 21st was recorded saying that he had seen something fly over the cabin of his airplane, had asked if there were any targets out there and said he hated to say it, but that it looked like a missile. And in doing some research on the website Deep Blue Horizon from the gentleman that recorded that, I found a comment from Cheryl. And Cheryl, you had shared that you had also had a similar experience and that you had pictures. So I reached out in hopes that we could see those pictures and hear a little bit about what you saw that day. So I'm going to let you take it from here and tell us a little bit about where you were, where you were flying to, and what you saw and captured out your window. Okay, well, I'm a a pretty experienced flyer. I've been flying pretty much all my life, so planes are not new to me. Um, I always love to look out the window. Um, I was actually uh, coming home. I I, I took off on American Airlines uh, flight number 1682 on January 8th of this year uh, from Sacramento to Dallas. Um, And... um, Anyway, um, I, I usually read on the flight and, you know, glance out the window. You know, a lot of times there's clouds that you can't see, but when the clouds part, I'm always looking down. I love it. And uh, this flight, of course, was because of COVID. Um, it was sparsely populated in the cabin. So actually, um, pretty much everybody on the flight was sitting in their own seat. So I was right at the window seat with nobody beside me, although there were two empty seats. And I kind of was looking and everybody else was kind of in the same uh, mode, you know, kind of sitting by themselves. Um, Normally when I see something out the window, and actually it's only happened to me one other time, kind of weird, I might tell you about that later, but um, 
Anyway, uh, if there's somebody sitting next to me, even if it's a total stranger, you know, I might kind of nudge them and go, hey, look at that. You know? mm-hmm. um, right. And uh, anyway, there was no one. And, and when I saw what I saw and, and fortunately captured on the camera, um, you know, I, I, there was like nobody to tell, nobody to show. Um, people ahead of me, you know, I mean, you can't just reach over and tap someone on the head and go, hey, look. You know? <laughs> um, that most people have their window shades down. You know, it seems like half of them oh, do yeah. in the airplane. And I wasn't about to ring, I wasn't about to ring for the stewardess. You know, I was just trying to figure it out. Okay. So anyway, I don't, I don't know when you're going to start showing uh, the pictures here or not, but um the first thing I was reading and the first thing that got my attention because I glanced up and I could see the ground and the first thing that got my attention was it looked like a black contrail kind of in front of the plane but on my side um, I was on the left side whatever I know there's a particular name for that on okay. Bethel. Um, and CJ and I, I are both looking at the pictures yes okay and for our listeners, we're going to post all of these to our different social media pages, and we'll post them in order so that people can see exactly what you saw. So within three, about a three-minute period, I captured about eight pictures. And um, the first picture was taken at 1.17 p.m. on January 8th. Now, honestly, um, at that point, when I looked at the GPS later on, um, I found out, it, it recorded us over Lake Powell, Utah, which is yeah. southeastern Utah. And um, so anyway, uh, I had no idea where we were at the time, but um, I was also, it was also kind of interesting to see the time stamp. And I actually don't know if that meant it was like central time. I live in Arkansas, so, you know, flying into Texas, I don't know how my GPS might have recorded the time. I don't know. I know that, you know, Utah is in mountain time. Right. Um, but anyway, so I don't know if my my phone was recording stand, uh, Central Standard Time or not. But um, so the first thing that caught my eye was this black contrail kind of ahead of me. And I'm, you know, just kind of like, what's that? You know, I mean, I wasn't thinking anything weird particularly. And the next picture, then I, you know, went back to reading. I glanced up because I could see the mountains and I noticed this is when I really noticed and I got on my camera the um, black missile-like object, mm-hmm. which appeared to have this black smoky plume or contrail after it. And I mean, you know, I, I was in shock, really, like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. And um, just ha- always have the phone on my lap <laughs> when I'm traveling or nearby, and um, I got a picture of it. And then... Um, it looks like, um, and that's the second picture, uh, it looks like the third picture was, uh, I think that one was a, um, a, a zoom. I zoomed in on it, mm-hmm. and it's the same, that same snowy mountain range underneath it. But it seems like, you know, when I zoomed in, it's a little bit of a different angle, but I'm pretty sure that was the same um, missile-like object, whatever. Um, and then, uh, just like a minute later, I think I glanced down and um, and glanced up again and saw yet uh, a second <gasps> missile type object. It was it's a not, second one? Oh, wow. I believe that's the second one. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I, could, I, could, 
I could be wrong, but judging from the pictures, um, I mean, it kind of looks like the same. We're over the same mountain range. Um, but, you know, it, thinking that this thing was probably going faster than the plane, but I, I mean, I have no idea. But anyway, I believe it was a second one. And I got, and I was still in zoom mode. So I got, I got a picture of it, the, the second one. Because you can see the first one beyond the mountain range, the snowy mountain cap. And um, then, then the second missile picture, I was still in zoom mode. So I took that and then I backed it out and took it, um, you know, without zoom on. And this is only like a minute or two, you know, from the first one. So um, I think, yeah, it was like, like maybe 119 I took that one. Um, and the first one I took was at 1.17 p.m. Then I glance up again, and I see these two contrails. This is like a minute later. And um, I think what I'm doing when I'm looking down, I'm, I'm looking at my pictures that I just took to make sure they came out and everything. Yeah. And then I glance up again, and I see what appears to be two contrails. One's kind of wavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and you know, I can't see a vessel or object, but I see these two contrails that are ahead of the plane, traveling away from our plane. And then finally, um, the last picture I took, which was at 1.20 uh, p.m., um, it appears to be the same two contrails, but just our plane maybe kind of traveling a little bit away from them. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different angle. But anyway, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do or say, you know, should I call a stewardess? You know, the plane was pretty quiet. I looked around. I didn't see really notice anybody looking out the window on my side, although, you know, you kind of have to stand up to look over the seats if you're going to look farther, you know, forward. Nobody said anything. You would think that somebody might have exclaimed something if they saw it. Right. Um, so uh, I don't know what to say except probably just, it was a head scratcher. I had the pictures and I didn't uh, really talk to anybody about it till I got home and showed Orville, of course. And um, I, I said, hey, what's this? What do you think this is? What did you I think went, it was, Orville? Well, you know, I, I'm a homemade scientist. So, you know, when I look at the pictures, if you look at the horizon and then the angle of the wing, when you see the object now right after that the next shot the wings tipped up that's mm-hmm. telling me the point the pilot is going starboard so he's in avoidance mode he sees it too and he's tipping the plane to go away from it oh, oh, i see you're right the angle of the, the wing does change and then if it is, let's say, ballistic, we've mastered ballistic missiles back in the 60s. We don't have to test anything. And if they were testing, you would not test an object anywhere near a commercial flight. So that means they had no choice but to launch whatever they launched intentionally at that time. Mm. Right. Wherever it was going, it was intentional because you don't you don't just shoot a missile or whatever into the air. 
just to see if it works when there's commercial airlines around. I would have to agree with that. Um, okay, and if you look it up online, the uh, the avoidance area is 50 miles, and that is well within the 50 mile mm -hmm. range. Right. Now, Cheryl, did you happen to notice any sort of reactions online? I know nobody seemed to say anything, but did you notice anything from the pilot? Any directions, or maybe buckle your seatbelt? or anything like that? Nothing that I noticed. And we experienced no turbulence, as you can see from the pictures. The weather's great out there. Um, there was nothing. Um, nobody said anything. You know, I kind of tried to look around, you know, with my seatbelt still on, and I didn't see any reaction from anybody. Um, uh, so it, it was just, it was just something I just like, okay, well, this happened, and I don't know what it is, but maybe I'll find out later. And um, when I got home, um, we're very busy. And of course, you know, we're getting ready to open our business and, and I'm getting home and I share this with Orville and a couple of local friends. And um, uh, they thought it was strange too, especially also being uh, military veterans, you know, and having that background like, like Orville, you know, they, they kind of know a little bit more about these things. And, um, you know, my first reaction was it was a missile, not really a UFO, mm. although that UFO crossed my mind, it did, because of, and we'll share that experience as to why later, uh -huh. but, um, you know, but my, you know, being, being, trying to be always a realist, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, that really does look like a missile, but why would they, anybody fire a missile, you know, so close to a passenger airline, that was close. <laughs> Yeah, that was really close. And I have to tell you, you sent us the, the one picture first. And when I saw it, my reaction was, what in the world is that? Yeah. And then you sent us the other pictures. And then my heart kind of sank a little bit. Like, okay, why is that so close to a passenger airline, number one? Number two, why do we have your experience and now this other experience in February from another American Airlines flight with something that also sounds like a missile. I mean, I, I have lost some sleep to be totally honest because I live far from my family for my family to come and visit. They've got to hop on airplanes. I've got to hop on airplanes. And I was a right. bit terrified after seeing your pictures of what is going on and that we are not hearing about. And I think that if it were from a foreign country, we would have heard about it. There would have been all kinds of investigations. Whatever it was, was kept hush-hush for a reason. It seems like it, for sure. Um, and I didn't hear anything more about it. You know, I mean, you kind of go on with your life. You know, when you're traveling, you get home and, and you got stuff to do. And I kind of didn't think too much more about it. You know, I think I showed my pictures to a few friends, of course. Um, then my daughter on February 24th, she's the one that sent me the article uh, that she found um, on Deep Black Horizon. And I'm like, what the heck? And what was interesting to me was that it was not exactly in the same location, but in the area. So, you know, I was over southeast Utah, according to my GPS. Um, flight 2292 was over um, uh, northeast uh, New Mexico, where where the White Sands missile launch base, mm -hmm. area, 
Um, we do our research and um, search and that there's a um, an old uh, Cold War uh, missile launch base that hasn't been used apparently for about 40, 50 years. It's called the Green River Missile Launch Base, mm-hmm. and it's near Moab, Utah. And that was the only thing, you know, that we could think of. Um, like, hmm, I wonder if there was maybe private enterprise is testing something. Um, I mean, now, you know, we have private enterprise. They've developed rockets. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, what the heck? You don't need a permit for that, or do you? I don't know, you know, it's testing. And, you know, I don't know any of that stuff. But it would seem reasonable to assume since, you know, uh, our government makes us do smog checks on our car and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they get to us simple citizens, the, you know, the people with money that are developing these space programs, these privately conducted space programs. It's like, well, you know, I mean, are they under some kind of permit system or, you know, something like that, I would assume. Um, but I'm think I, I mean, my first thought after I found out about the Green River Missile Launch Base near Moab, Utah, I'm like, was there somebody down there testing missiles in that area? You know, and and, um, whether or not they had a permit or the government knew about it, I mean, I have no idea, I would assume, you know, but would would it be private industry testing something? Um, Or was it a UFO? You know, I don't know. But I looked up the Green River Missile Launch Base online, and I found out that it's actually a tourist destination destination on TripAdvisor. So, <laughs> you know, people wandering in the desert out that way, I guess, you know, or the prairie, whatever it is, you know, I guess that, uh, you know, it might be a, a a tourist attraction out there, that old missile base. Yeah. And so if that was the case, then you wouldn't think that private industry might be out there launching missiles. I don't know, you know. Right. Um, oh, for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned the private industry because I was talking to one of our consultants for the show, a military expert, Mr. J. And, you know, we have so many private industries right now testing various things. And some of these things they tell us about, but it makes you wonder just how many of these things do they not tell the public about? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Oh, exactly. And Cheryl, and Cheryl, the, Cheryl, the, American Airlines Flight 2292 that you brought up in case our listeners don't remember when we did a show on 2292 just a couple of weeks ago. And this happened only a few weeks ago. And there's so many parallels. A pilot was actually, the pilot of that flight was recorded calling in to the base, to the tower. Hey, something is coming right at us and it looks like a missile. And that is frightening. It just happened to be recorded on the ground by the blog Deep Blue Horizon. Otherwise, we might have never known about it. And, right. you know, this happens, this actually is a hotbed of unknown activity. In this same area, we've got Area 51, we've got Area 52, we've got the infamous Groom Lake facility which is a dry lake in in nevada and it's used for runways of the nellis bombing range test site airport uh, yeah part of the area 51 complex and so this is a hotbed for potential testing of mysterious things and i can't believe yeah. it's just 
a lot of coincidences, that's for sure, with all here in the same time frame. And I noticed on some of these pictures you took, and I don't know if you've tried this, but if you zoom in really close, you can't you can actually see a bright silvery or reflective object at the head of the contrail. Okay, as, yeah, I as, think a friend of ours did that and noticed that and mentioned right, that to us. Absolutely, and it's hard to to see, you know, it's hard to make out how big this thing might be. But I wanted to ask you, Cheryl, did you get the idea that this thing was moving upward or downward or just parallel with the craft? What what was your impression of its trajectory? Um, a little, yeah, a little parallel and upward, uh, you know, from the pictures. Um, you know, at the moment I was snapping the pictures, I don't know if and what I was thinking. It's stuff like, oh my God, what the heck is that, you know? Um, but uh, it seems like, based on the pictures, <clears throat> it seems like I actually got two missiles because you, you you know I, I'm I, you can locate them, uh, you know by by the mountain range, the snow-capped mountain range there, and so I believe it was two different missiles or UFOs, and then we've got the two contrails ahead of the plane, and I'm not sure if those are, you know, the same contrails or not, but um, you know from those two, but. Uh, because, like Orville said, I did detect that the plane turned a little bit, you know, um, but uh, very slightly, of course. But um, anyway, at the most, we could be seeing at least four different, or, or mm -hmm. and possibly five, according to that first picture I took, maybe five missile-like objects. Orville has something he wants. You, you were in. talking about, could it be possibly civilian? But if you look at SpaceX and the rest of them, they're using hydrogen and oxygen-based fuels to launch everything with. And if you look at that contrail, it's black. It's not white. Right. So that that is not a hydrogen-based fuel. So let me, that I have a couple. rocket fuel. Oh, yes. So you I know, that, CJ, that's actually something Mr. J brought up, too, yeah. was the color of the contrail and the fuels that are used. And, CJ, do you want to tell them about what Mr. L, our other consultant, yeah, said? Yeah, I do. This? I do want to. But, Cheryl, real quickly, how fast would you say that they were moving in comparison to how quickly you were moving in the airplane? And I know that's a tough question. I don't know that I would be able to answer it, but just in a general. I, I, I'm sure they were moving faster because, you know, like, like I looked up and saw them and took the pictures. I looked down to check my camera and to make sure I got the picture or whatever. And then when I glanced up, they were gone, you know, so I believe they were moving faster. And then, like I said, when, when the plane, I did feel the plane kind of turn, um, like Orville suggested. Um, and then I saw the, you know, I, I caught the two black contrails in, in that almost last picture, two pictures there. And um, I, I don't know for sure if those are the contrails from those two missile type mm -hmm. objects that I took, but I kind of assumed. So I figured they zipped ahead of us somehow, you know? Yeah. So. 
So gosh, now that I know that there was more than one, because this entire time I thought that it was just one and that it possibly changed trajectory. So I was kind of going down a certain path with that. Now that I know that there was definitely two and potentially even five, it sort of changes what I'm about to talk about. But I did send the pictures to somebody that worked in aerospace for a long time and didn't give anything other than somebody saw this out their airplane window. What's your initial thought? It, the instant reaction was it could be a hypersonic missile, which okay. they can change trajectory. They are supposedly being tested in the United States. Now, do I think that they would test five of them? Probably not. I think they're very expensive. And then this person, we'll call him Mr. L, said whoever, was, whoever took that picture was in a place that they were not supposed to be. And I said, no, that was an American Airlines flight going from Sacramento to Dallas-Fort Worth. And they could not believe it. They could not believe that a passenger airplane would be that close to what looks like a missile. And then yeah. they asked, where was the plane? And I said, well, based on the screenshots, and if we're going to trust the Google Maps of where it said that they were, they were above Lake Powell, Utah. And the reaction was, well, yeah, that's where they shoot off all of the beep that they don't want the world to know about. So that was the initial thought last night. This is why I lost so much sleep. I'm going, oh my goodness, are we testing wow. hypersonic missiles near passenger airplanes? And um, again, I think that these are really expensive. I don't know that they would test several of them. So that makes me think with Orville, there was a direct target. There was a purpose if that's what they are, or it was something else. Um, could it have been, I mean, you, you have a knowledge of, of airplanes and military and what have, could it have been a fast, fast-moving fighter jets that left the contrails and at such no, a high speed? it wouldn't be a fighter jet from, if you look at the contrail, hmm. okay, a uh, fighter jet's gonna be running two engines and you're not gonna have that color smoke but that thing was after you could tell from the contrail it was supersonic at the time she took the picture okay oh right. it's so scary and, it's so scary and something i noticed about it mm -hmm. is that it at least in the pictures it does not appear to be so far away that if it were an aircraft a traditional aircraft that we're familiar with that we would not be able to detect its outline in some way like i really feel like looking at these pictures if you saw another plane out the window between you and those mountains you would see that's a plane out there right and it as powerfully as we can zoom in we just see some sort of silvery object or reflective mm -hmm. object that is it but it appears to be between the plane and the mountain range, I honestly feel like you would know if this was some sort of winged aircraft that we were looking at. And oh, it just does not appear so. that have... way. No, no, and I've seen other planes out my plane window. You know, I have, you know, you don't see them very often, but once in a while you see one paralleling you, you know, in flight. Um, so, uh, and I think I've even got pictures of those. Um, 
I don't know about your sources, you know, that you just sent the pictures to and their opinions, but I wonder if it's possible to interview that flight crew <laughs> from American Airlines. Um, we were I don't talking know. about that. Do we think that they would even give up any information if they had it? I mean, right. I don't know that they would, but certainly worth reaching out. Yeah, you never know. Um, also, uh, I, I, I did a little, you know, I know nothing about, very little about missiles in the military, but I did do a little Googling and found out that there's a missile defense agency, which used to be uh, under the jurisdiction of the Army, and now is under uh, Department of Defense. And um, so um, maybe somebody there might share something, but it is government, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a concern for civilian safety. Obviously, that's the number one thing. And with the secrets that are being kept from the public about UFOs and all that kind of stuff, it just seems like there's this general disregard for the public and their knowledge. And, um, you know, that storm area 51, it's like, well, I think that was definitely a reaction (laughs) to um, uh, the government's, you know, secretiveness about some of these things. And um, as time goes by, I think, you know, the public just continually wants more answers. And after all we've gone through with COVID, it just seems like, you know, back and forth. We haven't really gotten true answers. You know, there's so many opinions out there. Yeah. And um, and all we want is the answers so we know what to do. We want to do the right thing, you yeah. know. And I'm, yes, so, and I'm glad you said that about COVID because one of the things I've been saying all through COVID is that there's a lot of stuff that we're not paying attention to out there happening that we probably should be paying attention to. And you just don't see it on the regular news. You know, what really important things, it's hard to come by on the news. (laughs) Unless you're into politics, you pretty much don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, or- Orville just said it's almost like the news is reporting things that are like a distraction from, oh, absolutely. you know, the, the stuff that we really need to know, you know. And um, listen, you were on an airplane where you said everybody had a row to themselves. Do we think American Airlines wants it to get out that, oh, also there were five missiles that went right by our airplane? Like, just in case you didn't have enough reason to travel already... We're just going to tell you about this little incident that we had. <laughs> no, there, that is not going to get out ever. Right. Right. And you know, the, the, the world's weapons race has moved into space. And it was a little bit of a, yeah. of a joke when it first started. But Space Force has actually some scary directives. And you know what? If you think about the last time you heard anything about Space Force... It's been a while. I can't remember the last news article I saw about, or the news story I saw about Space Force, but one of the directives of Space Force is to be able to launch a missile and strike anywhere on the planet in less than an hour. That is not only one of Space Force's directives, that is also the goal of several other countries right now as well. China, Russia, India, to name a few. And if you think about it, you know, that's no joke. Space Force was a little bit of a joke, and it makes you wonder if that wasn't a little bit on purpose. You know, 
Like, mm. oh, ha, ha, we've got this new agency, Space Force, and uh, we're going to do whatever. But this is some pretty serious stuff we're talking about. And it makes you wonder, okay, why why, why do we need to build a strike anywhere else on Earth in less than an hour? Why do all these other countries need to be able to do that? That's pretty scary yeah. stuff. It really is. It really is. And, um, you know, I, I know there's security issues. I respect that. You know, national security. You can't dump all your secrets. But, you know, at least give us a general idea of, mm -hmm. of what's going on and what to expect and how to protect ourselves, even with COVID, you know. Right. Um, wear a mask. Does that protect us? How many arguments did we hear about that? You know. Oh, it's not. It's incessant. <laughs> so confusing. It's like we just yeah. want to know the truth so that we can do what we need to do. You know. Yeah. And get out of this quickly. Like we all want to be done. Tell yeah. us what we need to yeah. do to be done. <laughs> well, um, well, I would say if your sources could possibly interview that flight crew to see if they saw it. I can't believe they wouldn't have seen it because uh, at least, you know, the, the picture of the contrails, you know, ahead of the plane, leaving, moving away from the plane, you know, if they didn't right. see the actual pictures of these supposed missiles that I took out my window, you know, maybe they went over the plane and they didn't get it, but also, you know, doesn't the plane have some kind of sensory devices, you know? Oh, the that, proximity <laughs> alert. Okay, the proximity mm -hmm. alert, you know. The Orville knows all this cool stuff. Right. So um, when the wind chip comes up, that means he is avoiding obstacles. Yes. So. There's my dog. Not avoiding obstacles. <laughs> is that a werewolf? I would have <laughs> Maybe it's Bigfoot. That sounds familiar there. <laughs> we'll get into more of that later, too. Oh, my. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just a mystery. And um, again, you know, I sure would like to find out. If, if that commercial airlines was, was threatened, then that needs to be dealt with. Given that if we're if we are leaning into it's a missile of some sort, I did track your flight and where you went and where you flew over and what time you were in certain places. And at that cool. moment, you would not have been that far from Area 51, um, you know, given how quickly things travel. Yeah. So, yeah. Think about too. Um, obviously, we're all just making sort of guesses about what this could be but either yeah. way any way you look at it it certainly feels like a threat to people that are on that plane I would and you know so. oh yeah and one thing that Go kept running through my mind with this case and the American Airlines 2292 case is why are these things being tested in the daytime I just had to keep wondering that and our military consultant Mr. J he told me that you know what Tim, they test these things during the day because if they if they launch at night, it's going to be seen by a lot of people. You're going to see this thing moving across the sky, right? But in the day, it's practically invisible to everyone on the ground. What are the odds that you have Cheryl in her seat looking out the window at just the right time to capture it on film, right? And so there are reasons why these things are being tested in the day. Not only that, but if you 
if you look into these hi the hypersonic missile theory just a little bit, we're talking about high-level physics here. So everything comes into play and is a factor on these devices from the time of day, the barometric pressure, the angle of the sun. And if you think about striking a target on the other side of the earth, you know, this is a complex multifactorial physics problem. And I think that there's just a lot at play here. And so launching these things during the day, we know they have to be tested. There's no way we have all these things in development and they're just being hypothetically tested, right? They have to be being tested in real time, in real life situations in some way or another. And I think that so many people like yeah. you are paying attention that we're lucky enough that we're being able to catch a glimpse of these things every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd like to mention one other thing, you know, just be, yesterday I was doing a little research online to prepare myself for, for speaking with you today. And um, uh, I found an article on zerohedge.com and it's supersonic combat drone. Um, it's about that. And um, I, I was reading a little through there and, and it, apparently this particular thing has been being developed in Singapore. And it's known as the arrow. <laughs> and right. the, the actual drone looks like a plane. It's got wings, you know, but maybe if it's going fast enough, maybe you can't see those wings, you know, because it is kind of all black. Um, but I thought it was interesting. They called it the arrow. And it said that testing would uh, begin in early 2021. <laughs> so. Maybe they're testing it here. I don't know. You know, well, uh, it was a very interesting article. But it is the, very possible. But with the contrail, you can only see it for a certain part. But you take another picture, you don't. It's like the whole thing has disappeared. But it, does it have like a launch engine and then a flight engine? That's how the tow missiles used to launch when I was in the military. You had that big black smoke of the launch engine, but then it cleared out once the flight engines took over. Right. And that is one thing about apparently some of these hypersonic missiles is that they actually are not launched from the ground, but they are being transported by some other type of vehicle into the atmosphere and then the missile itself is launched from that vehicle and begins to move towards it tar its target. And they're working on these hypersonic mi missiles that can actually change their target. So in flight, and that's what why when you, you showed up, pointed out how they, some of these appear to be moving in different directions, these hypersonic missiles they're working on are able to change targets in the middle of their flight and, and to multiple targets and so it made me wonder that when I am looking at this picture could it be the vehicle that is that is used to transport the missile itself into the atmosphere and there it's ready for the launch another thing about these tests is apparently they're having a lot of issues with the vehicles burning up crashing exploding all sorts of things, right? Because you're dealing with so many laws of physics and complicated issues there uh, from plasma bubbles to you name it. And 
you know, it just makes you wonder. Yeah, I don't know much. I don't really know anything about any of this, which is why I have to consult with people that do. But looking at the, uh, I think it's the second to last picture of the contrails, something changes trajectory. Just from my untrained eye, you can see where it's going straight. It moves a little bit to the left and then it goes straight again based on that contrail. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it wiggles a little bit. The it other does. One's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if that would be the wind, you know, right. True. a little bit. No, but it didn't I go don't the think other it's one. the wind. They don't, um, when you're supersonic, you're, you are the wind. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts because, again, last night I was just, I could not sleep. My mind was just racked thinking about all of this and all of the possibilities. And I went from, is this space debris? Is this a UFO? Is this a missile? What have you? And uh, in researching the hypersonic missiles, I came across something um, written about in 2019 that's called a wave rider glide vehicle. And I can email you this later, what have you. There's an image of the wave rider glide vehicle, which it says takes its name from its ability to generate high lift and ride on its own shock waves. And the shape of it, the shape of it to me looks so much like what you captured. And I wow. have to wonder, is that what we are seeing? And um, wow. it's a hypersonic yeah, vehicle. Yeah, it says that it can. it's supposed to be able to travel at more than 15 times the speed of sound, sound with terrifying accuracy, threatening to change all of warfare. Yeah, I mean, it's so scary. I was so just scared last night for <laughs> what is happening that we don't know about. And um, I'm, right. I'm one of those people on the airplane that I think I, I don't want to know. You know, you, I applaud you for looking out and wanting to see and wanting to know. And... I would say most people do have their, their shades drawn and are looking at their phones. And especially now with COVID and masks on, people aren't even making eye contact with each other anymore. Everybody's just sort of in their little bubble. And I would say there's probably more people like me than like you, which is why we're, we're only capturing so few of these things that are happening. And the government is probably counting on that, counting that we're all buried in our phones and in our laptops and yeah. what else while everything happens around us. Right. And as... What All things hell? unexplained, consultant Mr. L pointed out to us, we would be deeply mm -hmm. disturbed if we knew of all the technologies out there being tested and that have already been perfected. And we just actually may not be able to handle the truth. Wow. Well, that, that's probably a good point. And I think that is <laughs> the government's main concern. I've heard that for years, actually, you know, that they didn't yeah. want to cause a, a major panic wave, you know, back in at the Roswell thing in the 40s, you know. Um, and I could understand that. That could possibly happen, I guess. But, you know, um, I just wanted to say that thank God for free speech. And I know we've had some arguments about that lately where websites have been shut down and things. And it's like, you know what? Communication is the key. You know, uh, you we're sharing back and forth. And if all of us has a little bit of the puzzle, a little bit of knowledge, and we keep sharing, maybe we can interlink these puzzles and at least get some more knowledge that the government or whoever else is not willing to share with us. But, you know, we're trying to put the pieces together, you know, yeah. without getting Absolutely. the straight story from the top. 
And so, you know, with you guys doing your podcast, I think it's awesome. It's just awesome. And thank you for doing it. You know, you're sharing very important information here. Yeah. But with, if you look back, uh, one of these pictures here, what's the number on this one? Uh, oh, you mean the date? That's the date. Okay, the date. Anyway, this, the picture there where it looks like launch plumes. There's two of them right over the tip of the wing. That's the second to the last picture that Orville's mm-hmm. talking about. Okay. Pictures. And, you know, that right there is, to me, the key to the whole story. That There's your point of origin. You know, it really confirms that at least two objects left the ground. Right. And you, you see how the launch plumes are pointing straight up. Mm-hmm. And if they're pointing up, and then you look at the, the contrails and they're angular, that means it did, it went up and then changed direction. Right. Yeah. I mean, we need to get these out there for people to see and for people that have knowledge of the area and knowledge of what's going on to kind of offer up some of their insight too. So I do just want to reiterate for those that are listening and that might want to do their own research. This was flight 1682, American Airlines flight 1682 on January 8th, 2021, traveling from Sacramento to Dallas, Fort Worth. According to Google Maps, we were right over Lake Powell, Utah. And this was at what time? 1.17 p.m. If we're going to assume your phone was changing time zones, that would be mountain standard time. And according to what I mapped out, you were at 39,000 feet. Ah, so okay. people can take that and run with it <laughs> and let us know what yes. their thoughts are too. And maybe and we'll get to this, Right. And keep in mind, this is only a few that. weeks after. I'm sorry, Cheryl. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to clarify real quick. My screenshots are dated on January 9th, but I took those the day after. I, I just took screenshots so I could access the pictures quickly. And um, But this did actually take place. Uh, the flight was on January 8th. So, so I wanted to point that out so there's no confusion sure. about the yeah. date. I'm seeing um, the details do show January 8th. So that you took some okay. pictures of the details of the picture. So that, that is showing January 8th. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm finished. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no problem. One thing I wanted to say is that, you know, thanks to people like you paying attention, taking photos like this, thanks to folks like Deep Blue Horizon, Deep Black Horizon, you know, we occasionally capture some of these situations. And keep in mind, this happened just a few weeks after the American Airlines 2292 incident where the pilot was recorded believing, hey, this could be a missile heading at the plane. But these are one in a million chances here, you know, that you capture these photos, that someone on the ground captures the audio of a pilot. It makes you wonder what all is happening that we never know about, that we don't Mm -hmm. capture. This is like needle in a haystack things that we are occasionally finding out about. And it just, it leads me to think that there is no telling how much of that is happening Mm -hmm. that we just never hear about. Because you you have to believe, like with American Airlines 2292 and this story here, certainly if you had not taken these pictures, no one would have ever given this flight a second thought. If 
that pilot's audio had not been captured on the ground, no one would have said anything about American Airlines 2292. No one would have known anything, and I don't think they ever would have unless that pilot came forward in the news, and I don't think that that is likely. Matter of fact, the airline initially distanced themselves from this, said, well, that's unconfirmed if that's our pilot or not. And eventually, thanks to the work of folks on the ground, they had to acknowledge it and had to say, yes, that's us. By the way, we refer all your future questions to the FBI. <laughs> so so right. there is an untold amount of things out there that we just don't know about. Ooh, so with all of that in mind, Cheryl and Orville, is there anything else that you wanted to share or speculate on for this flight and what you captured? Um, no, I just want to thank you for the opportunity of sharing. Um, uh, may maybe one small thing. Um, I believe in God's providence and leading in my life, but I just want to say I was originally scheduled to fly home on January 12th, and because of COVID, I decided to back it up. And they, they fit me in on this flight, 1682 on January 8th. Wow. They won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, Cheryl Murphy is okay. not allowed on future flights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like thinking, okay, God, you allowed me to take these pictures for some reason. And hopefully it will be to help, you know, to help others, to help a situation to gain more knowledge. I don't know. You know, we all have things that happen to us. And, and I think if we share, again, communication is the key, in my opinion. We can learn from each other, you know. Um, well, to me, this is a puzzle, puzzle piece. Yeah. And yeah. I am dying to get more pieces so I can see what the picture looks like. There you Gosh, go. Oh, Cheryl, you just gave me chills, too. Woo! That was like sweating up in here. <laughs> Next time on All Things Unexplained. This is where the Native Americans came out and stuff, and they did a lot of communication with what they called the star people and the forest people. This has been All Things Unexplained. Oh, absolutely.